0: Hey everybody, welcome to our first podcast all about student ministry here at First Youth. Uh, I'm Gabe, and this is Kyle, and uh, we've been at this, what, nine years now? Nine, nine years, years this year. This year. And, uh, and we've been youth past for nine years, as well as we grew up in the student ministry as well, so yeah. uh, we have a pretty good uh, heartbeat on the culture here at First Youth. You can We're hoping to give a little bit of insight to mm-hmm. parents into teens mm-hmm. on some of the topics that, that we find uh, constantly coming up here at First Youth in student ministry. So, Topic today, we're talking about clicks. Oh yeah. Yep. There's that word, right? And uh, here's a scenario we hear all the time from parents or a teenager. Mm-hmm. Hey, my teen isn't connecting. Yeah. Or my teen's having trouble connecting. Uh, as a youth pastor, how do you handle the scenarios? What do you say to those kinds of parents or that teen?
1: Well, you start off with a lot of compassion because it's usually mom or dad. Teens aren't coming up and saying it. They're they're hiding mm-hmm. or they're pulling back from Uh, going to the ministry. Um, So they'll disappear maybe, they'll be gone, and um, it'll come to us by word of mouth from a mom or a dad or a friend, or if we ask, have you seen them, Uh, it'll come up that way. So really, um, you know, one, it really does start off with compassion. You care. You want kids to have a good time here. You want them to jump in. I I always had a great time in youth ministry, and so um, that was a lot of my motivation for being in youth ministry, and you want that for the kids. So you care. Um, You love to to help. That's where it really starts off with. Um, because you 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 want their family to have a good time and a growing time in youth ministry. Um, my first really initial reaction, in internal speak, really is uh, is that teens can really exaggerate. Um, they're very practiced at exaggerating, and so what is true and what they're communicating, um, it's not deceptive, but it's not always exactly what's going on, right? It's like, you know, they they just have some angles that they're working. You see it a lot. Are you trying to say that? Um, Teens know how to work their parents. <laughs> they do. They've figured you out, and they're, and they're trying to hit an angle. Um, but, yeah, and, again, it's not really wrong. But I remember saying it to my parents. I said to my mom and dad all the time, uh, if, if a friend wasn't there, I would say, well, no one's going to be there tonight. There were 65 people in our youth ministry. Somebody was going to be there. It wasn't nobody. It wasn't just me and Pastor Chris and nobody else. Um, there was somebody there. But I was exaggerating to communicate a point that nobody I knew was going to be there. And, and that, was, that was unsettling to me because I didn't know what I was going to do or who I was going to talk to. So it was a little hmm. scary. So that's really my first reaction is sometimes teens exaggerate. Um, and two, uh, how they and how parents and how we define click is everything. Because if we're not on the same page, we're, we're not even talking about the same thing. Um, and so uh, how you define it is really important. Um, I put down or I looked up dictionary.com at least. It says a click is a small group of people. With shared interests or other features in common, who spend time together, sounds great, but the ending of this definition changes a lot of stuff here. Because and do not readily allow others to join them. Yeah, I, I think that's where everything changes. And that's the key, right? It is. I think you know, parents are looking for their kids to have a connection. That's mm. that's really what's going on. Clicks. I mean, how many how many times have we gotten emails about this is why we haven't come or this is why we're scared and stuff. It's a, right. it's a concern from parents. And, and so really, clicks are based off of, they're based off of, it's not what they become, but they're based off of what every parent, what every parent is really looking for for their kid. And it's the thing that they want their kid to have, which is a connection. Connection. That, I think it's, I, and a lot of times we'll even hear it in an email or talking to parents. That word really does come up. My kid yeah. didn't connect. Um, and so it's not a buzzword from us. It's, it's, a, it's a buzzword we're hearing first and responding to it. So um, it, it's a big deal uh, for parents because, you know, uh, click pushes kids out. But uh, parents have never
0: come up to me and said, my kid's in a click and I'm upset. Right. So typically when we hear that word right. click, it's coming from a negative connotation. Yeah. Um, as youth pastors, we kind of hear that word and we try to formulate Okay, where where's the harpy behind this conversation? Sure. Is there some feelings of, hey, I'm strong to connect and that's usually what it comes down to, it is, does. is the connection, right? And Every uh, parent wants their kid to connect. Right. And in fact, really what they want, they don't understand this maybe, but they want their teen to have their own
1: Flick. Yeah, kind of, right, yeah. right, right. Other than the pushing out part at the end, because the beginning, right. again, the beginning of that definition is great. They share values together, they spend time together, uh, they like being where they're at in church, and they awesome. have, and they, yeah. and that's what they're looking for, but not the pushing out part. And so people infer that a lot. I mean, this mm. isn't just us. I re- I, we've got down here, Barner Research, they came out with a book called The State of Youth Ministry, fantastic book for youth pastors, a lot of insight, and what they came up with is the relationship between parents and youth leaders, and the parents and the youth ministry, some of the insights in they're fascinating. Just for just for a sake, for a few of them, sixty-nine percent of parents say it's very important that the youth program is a safe place to explore faith, hmm. so they can come here and really think about what it is to be a believer. And I think this is some of the handoff um, about uh, a handoff from my parents' faith to my faith. We've read books like Authentic that all the time. Authentic faith, yeah. yeah, It's
0: Become their own. This isn't this isn't something that I you know, really was handed down for my parents, it's become right. mine.
1: Right, and they want their kids to walk through moments like that at youth ministry, which is, which is all we want to. The second part, 67% of them say it's very important that it provides positive peer relationships. Right. So, yeah, it's more than dodgeball, but there's also an element where there has to be a social element or teens kind of reject it. They go to school. The focus is supposed to be academics yeah. <laughs> and sports, <laughs> and it becomes friends and sports and stuff. And, and so for us, yeah, there has to be a social element. Parents are expecting that to happen here. Hmm. Another one, 15%, 58% say it's very important that it's a place where teens can then bring friends. They're looking yeah. for friends. They want to have a social connection and then bring people with bring them. Bring people into it with them. Right. Yeah, a and, shared experience. And again, complete opposite of cliques, but they're looking for the connection that a clique already has. Last one there, 62% say that they expect the youth pastor to help teens navigate friendships. Mm. So all of that really wraps up into a lot of parents are looking for a connection to happen. And I think that's why they're kind of appalled when their kid going in, uh, maybe very pure of heart, looking for a connection, and is pushed away by some. Yeah. That, that, I mean, hey, as a parent, that can be scary. I have a little girl going to school. You, I want her to have friends.
0: Would you say that's why it's so alarming to a parent when their teen comes home and they share an experience or a story? Um, you know, whether it was 100% true or it was sure. their interpretation, they come home saying, I didn't feel welcome, and that parent is on red alert, my kid doesn't want to go to church sure. anymore, or my kid. Yeah is not accepted by their peers. Um, it's understandable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a scary moment for a parent. I don't want to go back to church is a line no parent probably ever wants to
1: hear. Oh, my word. And yeah. when it comes across, you're like, well, now what do we do? Yeah. Now I got to force them to do something they don't want to do. And because I'm forcing them, they're probably going to hate it more. So it is a scary moment. It's tough. It's tough for them to hear. And we sympathize with that completely. We don't want that to happen. No, absolutely, absolutely not.
0: So what are, what are some what are some ways that will help us kind of formulate how to think about this concept um, and, and maybe understand it a little bit better?
1: Right, yeah. So one is. One is maybe when you're looking into it and stuff is believe in your kid, listening to them, It's great. Um, But not going right off the bat and going everything that they're saying is Exactly what's happening there. Um, like thinking that all friend groups are malicious. That's yes. not completely true. Not all friend groups are malicious. They may have had a bad experience, but there's a lot of times that friend groups just just don't see people. We've had
0: that experience. You and I yeah. have personally had yeah. the
1: experience of being in a friend group like that.
0: And this comes from pastoral experience right. in youth ministry, but also our, our own personal experiences yeah. growing up in this church. And uh, really, that's that I attribute much of my uh, strong faith to my experiences at first youth growing up absolutely however uh even for us there was the experience of of being excluded at times but also being on the other end (laughs) and being accused of being the click but it's not always necessarily a bad thing like we're saying um for us it was hey i knew every day even if i had a really rough day at school Mm -hmm. at at public school i knew the guys you know we were going to see each other at first youth And uh, there was some shared experiences we mm-hmm. had, um, you know, standing up for our faith, and and we were going to see each other. That was right. that was really a jolt of, uh, uh, you know, a boost of energy mm-hmm. throughout the week for our faith. Um, so that was really good for us. On the other side, um, there were even times where we were able to uh, bring people into that group, sure. and uh, and maybe that helped them stick around youth ministry. I hope so. At Ooh. times, so yeah. Um, yeah, in our shared experience, yeah. clicks were were kind of a good thing. Um, however, even even we were, uh, you know, at times. Um, said to be non-inclusive, right? <laughs> that, But that's the danger again. It's when they push
1: people away. So you want a close friend group, not pushing people away. So, so it's the understanding yeah. that it's not malicious. No, right? no, no. That- you got to assume that not all of it's that way. It, so, yeah, you, you can't assume everybody's malicious, everybody's out against me. If anything, I would say, number one, number one, if I had to come up with maybe like three mm. things, obviously three things, n- and not the only things, but three things that maybe we've seen, we've been a part of, personal and pastoral, Things that I've seen work for a teen that goes, I'm struggling to connect or I'm struggling to connect in this area. Maybe they do connect at school and parents want them to have it at church. These are just three things, real quick rundown of that you can do to maybe help um, on your account. And one of it starts with what I'm hinting at here, which is admit that your struggle is real. Admit the struggle is real. If you're struggling to connect and you can't admit that in the beginning, you are going to see everything as malicious. Hmm. You just will. You'll just look at everybody else and go, they must be the problem. But if you can look at it and go, well, I have to own this because there's other people coming and they're having a great time. They've got friend groups, they're connecting, um, but for whatever reason, you're having a problem connecting. So if the teen can say, and the parent can say, my kid's having a struggle to connect, mm. it's not admitting that they're you know a terrible person. It's just saying that we've got this problem, and nobody likes to do it. How, right, how, right. Who wants to walk around and say, well, here's what one of my struggles are, and here's my weaknesses? Nobody likes that. But
0: by admitting that, sometimes that even gives you hope that, hey, there's other students that are connecting, there's the hope that hey, if I stick this out, if I if I if I pray about this, you know, put some effort in and uh, really stick it out. Sure. There's a possibility that I can be a part of that positive clique, right? Yep. That yep. that influential group of friends as right. well.
1: Now that'd be two. That that's kind of that's rolling into giving it time.
0: That'd be the second thing I would
1: say. Give it time. Uh, you don't make best friends overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can happen. That's why love at first sight is such a cliche is because it's something you don't usually happen, so you talk about it. So for a lot of people, it comes from over time, you spending that time together. You really create a history, and you create a sense of belonging. This, this comes right out of Reggie Joyner and Chris Nivey had a book out, Playing for Keeps. And one of their equations they had in the book is what I just said. History over history creates – or excuse me, time over time creates history. Mm-hmm. And second there, um, uh, fun over time creates belonging. And so for middle school, it's throwing dodgeballs and running around. For high school, it's sitting down and talking and being a part of a group, going on a retreat and just sitting in bunks and talking all night and laughing about silly stuff, being in a van for a long time. That's why we prioritize vans. They facilitate discussion and memories and songs and laughter
0: and random things that happen. So placing um, yourself in an environment to be around other students. Right. And have the opportunity to make a connection and how
1: you said it though consistently if you're showing up yeah. once or twice a month and then not again for three months you're, you're almost seen as like uh fringe on the outside but if you can develop that consistency you will see the benefits of that it just will happen
0: that reminds me of a of a story we heard recently of of a parent they said hey our son came home and he said hey dad this kid from school or you know that attends our church He's in now. Right. He's one of us. Right. He's part of us. And they had their differences in in uh, the things that they liked and, and their personalities. But I think what led up to that was he was there consistently. Sure. And he was around. And he's in 11th grade now. Yeah. So it's taken time. It takes some time. Now he's had friends. That's not to
1: say in 11th grade you'll finally have friends. But it took some time for him to prove himself to that group. He's got a whole group of friends, but to that group, they thought, man, respect level up for this guy. So that's a big deal. It's a consistency. And then the third thing, the last thing I would say is look for people who feel the same way you do. Look for people who are feeling the same thing you do when you walk in. You're not the only person to struggle to connect. Mm, In fact, a lot of times, you don't know that you feel this way and others feel the same way because you don't show up. And so they don't show up, you don't show up, and there's a group of people who feel a little rejected, a little alone. And they're not seeing each other because they're focusing on people they want to be a part of. And what we've consistently called out on these people to do is if you feel that way, the one thing you can do is definitely invite people with you, which we've seen over and over again. And has been great because then they just feel welcome to come in. But two, maybe looking around when you show up and go, I feel alone tonight. But maybe instead of looking at who's going to serve me, I look around and go, who can I serve? Hmm. Who can I minister to, and who can I build up? We've had this all over the place. We have uh, a few two girls in the youth ministry right now. They're both fairly new. Uh, the one girl tried life groups, didn't work out for her, and she left. And then she got personally invited back. Kudos to her. She came back, yeah. started kind of making a connection. And at the same time, another girl started showing up. And she didn't have any friends. Those two found each other through a common interest, hmm. uh, or, or at, a, at a, a same situation where they feel a little bit on the outside. They saw each other, and they actually are like two of the greatest friends that you can find right yeah. now. And that was just this year. That's that's feb. Uh, that's January. Now it's excuse me September, and it's February. So. When you keep your eyes up and look around, you don't see yourself as a self-pity, and you can look out to serve. That's a connection they wouldn't have if they didn't keep their eyes up. And so um, look for someone who feels the same way, and, uh, and, and instead of maybe begging God to get you out of the circumstance, you run towards it, lean into it, and God might just have a great plan for you. And, it, and it's, it, I'll tell you what, it's refreshing to see that for those two because you feel for all of them, and when they can make that connection, it's like a big sigh of relief that they have something that they can connect to and yeah, keep up yeah. with.
0: Now, every, every youth ministry strives to be more welcoming, more inviting, sure. right? It's one of the youth pastors, uh, you know, one main things they pray for, yeah, right? Yep. Um, at First Youth, what are some, what are some areas where y- you've really tried to work on or First Youth, we tried to become more welcoming and as a ministry tried to grow?
1: I'd say the first thing, kind of the way we called out people to do it, is we took it on ourselves. Hey, we're not the friendliest group. Yeah, we see that. We can grow. Oh man, for Uh, sure. We camps, uh, retreats, places that we see other people that aren't us we've noticed some things about the youth ministry. That's okay. It comes with a tight group that we look at others and go, they're not us. Um, But when other people do come in on a regular ministry night, like a drive, thrive, or a life group, or academy, or anything, Mm. um, there's got to be a little bit more of a warmer tone to us. So we owned that. That was something we talked, you and I sat down and talked about that. Man, we're just not exactly as friendly as we should be, Mm. and as hospitable as the Bible calls us to be. Um, So one of the things we absolutely did was this past fall, we started having student hosts on Wednesday nights. This was our. This was our kickoff to everything this is like an initiation and so coming off a
0: leadership trip
1: yeah right they they were ready to take it frankly yeah and the fact that we kind of held it back for so so many years now (laughs) it kind of feels maybe stupid but it was the right time god kind of placed these teens in here that have done a great job at jumping in and going when people come in i'll check them in Mm. and if they look new i'll say hi to them now we gave them name tags and kind of a status so they feel a little emboldened to do it but what's great is it came out of a drive for them to feel uh, uh what they it. felt. Yeah. yeah, and so they, I've been new here, and so I know what they're feeling, and I can help them along the way. So, that just hearing how they say each other's names and say, "Oh, let me check in," it's just great, and it's and it's a good responsibility thing for them too, because the adult volunteers aren't doing everything for them. Another thing we've done is. Um, really allowing them to own it and feel proud of it and asking their opinion. Hey, when new people come in, what do you see? What do you think and what do you have? And so a lot of the good things of the student hosts came out of those initial questions from uh, a leadership trip. And then we've really been trying to challenge them. And I know we use this recently. I was just at a, a discussion group with some of the student leaders. And I said, you know, First Peter nine says, show hospitality without grumbling. Uh, it's clear cut, mm-hmm. <laughs> straightforward. And I said, well, where's the it's grumbling? A command? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not a, you know, we're going to think about this. And uh, and and they mentioned, the student has mentioned, you know, I think the grumbling comes from I have to put down my own, own agenda for the night. If somebody's new and I want them to hang out with us, it's not going to feel the same. And that's okay, because we want them to feel welcome. Hmm. And so they mentioned a story of a girl sitting with them for the whole night, and they didn't really know it was a little uncomfortable, but they knew that they had invited her and that she was sure to feel that she was allowed to be in the group, yeah. allowed to be at youth yeah. ministry. so. A, a, a few commands and a few uh, and a few encouragements later, um, that's how First Youth really responded to it. It's awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: hey, God's doing some amazing he- things here at First yeah. and at First Youth. And yeah. uh, for more tips and resources, you can check out gofirstyouth.com or go to fpcpercy.org. We're looking forward to this and looking forward to sharing some more resources with you.